Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Hey friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. This week on the podcast, I have one of my favorite yoga folks, Ava Taylor, talking about all things your yoga business. Here's what I want to tell you about Ava. She is one of the people who shaped our industry as a whole. She's the founder of Yama Talent, a talent agency for yoga professionals that she founded in 2012. She booked folks at yoga conferences full time all over the world, right up until COVID hit us. She also had a hand in expanding Lululemon's reach at the very beginning, which brought a lot of revenue into our industry. And as a reminder, our industry is predicted to value at around $250 billion, with a B, at the end of 2025. That is a lot of money in classes, pants, mats, trainings, memberships, and more. And Ava was one of the pioneers of this industry. And now she has written a book that you can buy that shares her wisdom about building a yoga business with you. She has put all the shit in there. I have read her book. It is so good. How to do workshops, how to market, how to run retreats and trainings, how to manage your finances. And you all know that I gush about a spreadsheet and she provides downloadable resources for folks to help them manage their business. You are going to want to hear our chat. I know you're going to love it. Before we begin, though, if you could do me a true favor and subscribe and follow my podcast from wherever you're listening. That helps me get the word out to more people that they should join us around the water cooler to talk shop about our experiences as yoga professionals. Remember, sharing information with each other is key to lifting us all up. And the more we talk to each other, the more we can advocate for the profession that we're all dreaming of. And if sharing info is your your thing, after you subscribe to my podcast, I would love it if you would head to the show notes and subscribe to my newsletter. I share all kinds of tidbits of info that I find with you weekly, including industry data, cool offerings that y'all might like. And in last week's newsletter, I shared about a great yoga nonprofit that I recently found out about in the Miami area. Remember that conversation I had with Jeevana Heyman a few weeks ago? We talked about how nonprofits are a sign of a healthy ecosystem where we have the money to thrive ourselves and to share with others. So head to my newsletter to stay up to date. Finally, I'm going to tell you about my other job. I usually say this podcast is sponsored by Sunlight Streams, which it is, but every so often I feel like it's worth mentioning that that is me. That is my work. 
I run a robust yoga therapy practice within my yoga studio, and my specialty is self-care for folks who need to dig deeply into caring for themselves as much as they care for others. So if that's you, someone who prioritizes everyone else, let me encourage you to sign up for one or all of my self-care webinars happening this January 6th and 7th of 2024. We are talking about self-care as it relates to the Panchamaya Kosha system, journaling, Zinkalpa, and environmental care. Head to those show notes to get the link. Now, I've talked long enough, and you really need to listen to this interview that I have with the one and only Ava Taylor. So let's get to it. Hey, friends. Welcome to Working in Yoga. Okay, so if you are a reader of my newsletter, you're going to know the name that I'm about to introduce today because when she did her pre-launch for the book drop, I did this whole blurb about how you should go get her book. So ladies and gentlemen, Ava Taylor. Ava, come tell everybody who you are and what you do. Right on. Well, thank you so much for having me, Rebecca, and, and what's up to the community. Um, my name is Ava Taylor, and I've been working... Um, Oh my gosh, I think we're going on 15 years now of, you know, sort of blood, sweat and tears, breathing the yoga industry um, and really working to support yoga teachers and creating thriving businesses for themselves. So I've worked with studios, thousands of yoga teachers around the globe, studios around the globe, brands around the globe. I started before there was Instagram, you know, so it's like this amazing um, sort of career span, you know, which is captured in the book of our industry really kind of growing and maturing and developing. And so one of the things that I realized right away, as I was looking for a way to serve the practice, right, that's why I started my business, which is called Yama Talent, Yoga Artist Management Agency. But I wanted there to be more yoga in the world. And so I was like, well, how am I going to help there be more yoga in the world? And when I realized that the yoga businesses were like, like running on a, on a hope and a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we can, we've got to do better. We have to do better because if the teachers can't become sustainable and and viable, you know, have viable incomes, if the studios can't stay in operation, then guess what, right? We lose the teachings. So that was, that was my why. And that was how I got started. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been the most tremendous gift. You know, entrepreneurship is, is not easy. Um, You know, the highs and the lows are real and it's gotten me out of bed every single day since I got clarity on what my call was and said yes to it. So I'm really honored to be here and to be celebrating the the book baby. And, um, you know, I just think it's such a moment that we're in now post COVID and, you know, rebuilding and reimagining what our industry is going to look like. So this book was sort of like my guiding light in a way during the the heaviest and darkest days of the pandemic. Like I was working on it and like, okay, we're not there yet, but we're going to be there. I actually been pushed back the, the, the publication date because I was like, it has, it can't come out too soon because I want everything to be so relevant for the world that we're really in right now. And now we're here. Now we're here. Partnered up and we're, we're doing things together. So thank you for having me. I am so like, I really want to talk about so much in this book, partially because it's, it's amazing to meet another person whose brain works like mine. And that becomes really fun. Like, y'all, this book, like, before we even started recording, I was like, Ava, you just wrote all the shit in the book. Like you just, people are selling $5,000 masterminds that you could spend 40 bucks on buying Ava's book and get the entire 
mastermind in this book. She covers events. She covers merch. There is an entire chapter on how to teach online in, like, not acting like it's some sort of, like, redheaded stepchild for a better sense of the word. Like, it is a way we can make money. It is all in this book. And there are spreadsheets. Oh, my God. I love you so much, Ava. <laughs> I'm going to give you a hug. I did did a talk last week and I quote and I was like, I think spreadsheets are sexy. Like I really do. I really, I I tell people all the time that I run spreadsheets for my mental health because so many times your brain tells you garbage, like garbage. And then you go into a spreadsheet and you look at your numbers and you run your numbers and you're like, Oh, my brain's just, telling me garbage telling you garbage yes you would be it, it's i'm so glad that you brought that up because a big you know it's like make a decision based on what what's real not what you think is happening yes you. you know yes. because there's, there's two kinds of people there are either people that think it's way better than it is and then there's people that think it's way worse than it is yeah. neither of which are good right do you want to know what what you're really dealing with so you can adjust it you can pivot you can increase your business you can cut your expenses like the, the black and white is just so powerful. It's so powerful. So I'm so happy. Like the so amount nice. of times I've heard a yoga teacher say to me, oh, I did this thing, but I'm so disappointed about how it turned out because their brain told them that they should be selling out a room of 100 people and they only got 10. And I'm like, wait, but did you make money? Did you gain experience? Like, like just because you built this idea that you're going to be some rock star and it's you're not a rock star the first time you build a product and sell it, like run your numbers, know how much money you made, know how much experience you gained. It's like all in here. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay. So I know what you're really getting into. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. Like, know what you re- really get into. Like one of the things that's, that is a through line of the book is that it takes time. No one skips the groundwork, right? This is yep. like an eight to 10 year to a, to, to, you know, and everyone's definition of a healthy income is different. Like you got to put the time in and every teacher has had rooms of four people or five people or things where they thought a bunch of folks were going to show up and they didn't. And it's part of it. And I don't know anybody that's that, that, that skipped it. I don't know anyone that skipped it. I know some people that did it fully virtually, right. But that still took eight to 10 years to get to that point. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, even if it was online, you know, there's an online, you know, there's the spreadsheets are all online, right? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. You okay. Download them. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, because I, I wanted, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want it to be so freaking useful. Like I want it to be so, yeah. This is the business book teacher trainings need to have. Like if they're legitimate teacher trainings, if they're teacher trainings that are teaching you how to be an actual professional in the industry, which you and I both know not all teacher trainings operate that way. But if you are running a teacher training where your goal is to create better, more effective, more skillful, and more (laughs) income-oriented yoga teachers, you need this book in your training. It just tells you how, it tells everybody how to do it. Can we start though, will you tell, so you're the founder of Yama Talent. And when I tell people what Yama Talent was, they're like, that was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) So tell everybody about Yama Talent and how you got started, which was not running people's yoga businesses, yes, necessarily. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we, so we launched in, in 2015, uh, sorry, in 2010, we launched in 2010. And so I have, um, you know, I studied uh, business and economics in school and, you know, my first couple jobs out of university sales and marketing PR. So, you know, it's just kind of advertising. I was just gaining experience, right? Lots, putting lots of little egg corns, you know, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing all this for, but, but here I am gaining all this experience. And so I left my marketing job um, in 2007 to start working at Lululemon. And Lululemon at that time was a tiny company, 10 stores um, in Canada and one store in the United States. And then I started working in the second store, which was in North American headquarters. And my job was to do the R&D required for the company to go public and to roll out like 120 stores in about 18 months. So it was this really dynamic moment. Um, you know, I, I started at $10 an hour on folding pants. Like there was, you know, the, the corporate culture, like you had to work your way up, you know, this the whole thing. But I knew that I needed to, my grandmother had died recently. And so I really needed to keep myself safe and close to the practice. And I tell that story in the book of how yoga, my my sort of like part-time yoga practice had already started working in me. And when I got to a really traumatic sort of crossroads in my life, like I made the decision to go to yoga instead of coping with some other tools and, you know, yeah. things that that we, we were predisposed to in my family. And so that was when I said, oh my God, this thing this is, it works. Like if it's helping me be a better person right now and make a better life choice for myself, I want, I, this is like, that was my moment. Like, okay, I'm going to commit to this. So I leave my agency job, you know, good income for a young woman. My dad was like, are you sure you want to do this? I said, yeah, I have a good feeling about this company. No one could pronounce the name. I mean, it's just insane. And so while I was doing my job there, I got to know the yoga community very well. And this is in Los Angeles, a really big territory that I had. So I was spending time with everybody practicing. And, and, and it's really funny now because most of those folks who I met during that time are all of the like big name teachers now. But we were just in class practicing, goofing, you know, we were just in this like little kind of incubator for both for two things what what the career of a teacher would potentially become and also what the yoga industry would potentially become but we didn't know it right we were just practicing we were obsessed we were on each other's couches and so as I got to know them I realized that two things Lululemon was selling a lot of stretchy pants millions of dollars of black stretchy pants and that the teachers were struggling and I was like well wait a second because you know, I'm in LA, so all my friends are actors, you know, so well, wait a minute, because usually, usually in an industry, sports, you know, entertainment, music, if you're going to associate a brand, right, with talent, right, Yama talent, you're paid for it. So what's happening here? And why are the teachers saying yes? why is this a good idea for them? Even though I was the one that was selling it to them, right? So it was very ironic that I had the awareness <laughs> because <laughs> I was literally selling it for them. And I was like, it's actually not good for your business. So who's helping you make good decisions for yourself? Yeah. And the answer came back, no one. Yes. And it was like a wormhole through the whole universe of, of yoga. I thought it was just my posse in Santa Monica that didn't have help. I didn't know it went all the way to the top, right? That no one had help. 
So that was where I had the idea I go, oh, something's really missing in this space because I had this other model around me living in, in Hollywood, basically. Oh, well, you can have a business manager helping you make business decisions for yourself to help you negotiate, to help you strategize, to help you stay on top of your um, administrative tasks, right? You can have a team. Imagine that, right? So that was where I went, okay, I can take all these tools that I have. And this is how I can help there be more yoga in the world by creating infrastructure in the space and helping be that team for folks who either are just not into it, right? Like you said, Rebecca, there's not a lot of us that love spreadsheets. It yeah. just is what it is. So it's, it's, so part of it was, you know, most yoga folks are artistic, right? Yoga artist management agency. Like I was very clear on what that, what the company was and how I look at the craft yeah. you know, art of teaching yoga. So you can't do it all. I, I think you can do it all. And actually the book helps you do it all. But the point being that it's perfectly okay also to like build a team or to be, to own your own small business. So that was how it got started. Um, and then I moved to New York in 2008 and I had saved up my life savings. And I was like, I, I, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do this, you know, and I was, it was really scary. I went to Kripalu actually, which is now where I work full time. And, um, you know, I went to Kripalu, stayed in the dorm, lit my little backpack. And I was like, should I, you know, I was looking for an answer. I was like, should do like, is this a yes or a no? Am I going to like quit my job and lean into my, take my life savings and invest in this idea that I had had? I go to Kripalu for a couple of days. I felt so good. I felt so whole. I was like, I said, yes. So that was in 2010 and up until COVID, you know, we've worked with everyone from, you know, Adidas to Z Living TV, literally thousands of teachers around the globe, helping them either, you know, as their star was rising, right? Because the, the industry started to change, right? Yoga got, became that zeitgeist. It got, it got super popular and it's had a few you know, we had, there was a bubble in the 90s and then, you know, yeah. online yoga and social media. And <clears throat> I mean, we've done yoga reality shows. I've published like seven or eight books for my clients, like just the world's largest yoga classes, like everything that you can think of. We were like on the edge. We were there first. We were part of it. And it was all based on business, you know, and it was not like I got a lot of flack for it. There was an entire blog that was like dedicated called the Babarazzi. I don't know if you remember this. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Babarazzi would call me the devil. There was an article. Why Yama Talent is worse for the yoga industry than John Friend's penis problems. And I quote. No. Yeah. Because that's how opposed people were to saying yoga and business in the same, like this really means something that this is yeah. actually okay now, yeah. right? Because putting yo, you couldn't even say yoga business when I started. So we've come a long way. We did a lot of work. Um, COVID devastated the business. Um, so we're, you know, as, as for many of us, right? That's a common, common thread. You know, I know I'm not the only one. Um, so we're in a, in an evolution, a reimagining phase ourselves right now, you know, I'm trying to figure out what of it I want to hold on to, you know, um, but we had an amazing run and we did great work and I've maintained 
almost all of the relationships I've had in, over the course of 15 years. And um, I learned a lot and it's all in the book. So. Okay. So let me ask you this because I feel like you're totally up for this conversation. I have this idea of yoga and business was not okay. And I, for a very long time, and I think honestly, probably right until COVID, it was not okay. And now we've seen this sort of like as the devastation sort of unleashed in our industry for through COVID, like now people are like, oh, wait, I do need to turn a profit. I do need to make money. But I feel like there's something to the fact that yoga was a space for women and folks of like, folks of color to make their mark in a in an industry that was run wholly by us nearly mm-hmm. like i find there's like a lot of patriarchy and white supremacy that's all wrapped up into whether or not we can we're allowed to have businesses do you did you see that did you feel like as a woman and <clears throat> that you saw that of course yeah and i didn't know that that's what it was yeah Right. I didn't know that that's what it was. I didn't know when I was in a yoga journal office, you know, 10 years ago, being told literally (laughs) that there could not be a person of color on the cover until there were people of color in the classroom. And I was like, well, how do you think we make that happen? Right. Right. I didn't realize what that was. It was just like, okay, I'm going to have to work harder. I'm going to have to keep kicking this, yeah, kicking this door right until it opens. Yep. Um, I've definitely spent, you know, my fair share of, um, and this is like, you know, Rebecca, it's interesting because part of it is, is such a growth. It's, it's growth. It's learnings, right? It's learning. So like as a woman entrepreneur, as a female business owner, some of this stuff is just par for the course. Yep. Right. You have to, you, yeah, I was in meetings, you know, with all 60 year old Caucasian men, Yeah. you know, and holding my own, but also like move out of the way, you know, <laughs> give me some space Yeah. yeah, I yeah. Earned my way here. Right. I'm, you know, so there's all of those things, but it's really interesting because I'm so grateful for it at yeah. the same time that it was difficult um, because it's just like seasoning it's seasoning. And it's, it's like, it's giving you skills to go, okay, because now the world is different. It's not that everything is better now and that there's not still discrimination, right? But we have a more even playing, the most even playing field we've ever had as women of color, as women in business. Yes. We're, we're, there's a desire to support us. And so there's a desire for us to succeed. There's, there's no longer just the like status quo. Well, that's just how it is anymore. Now people are asking, well, why the F was it like that? Yeah. Why aren't there yeah. more women in power? Right. Why aren't there more people of color in leadership roles? Like, so for me, it's um. right now. It's like, now is, now is the time, right. To just be yeah. holding people accountable and to be going, for, going, going for it. Like we said, Run. Exactly. Run. run. Get out. Run. I, I'll, I never forget. So the, I tell people this all the time. Like if you have a business and you want to generate income, you need to find a banker and take him out for coffee like every month or two. And I have like my banker friend who is an old Caucasian guy who comes to coffee with me. And the first time he got me a grant with one email, I was like, is this what it's like for guys all the time? Mm. <laughs> like I was like 
Is this what you all have been doing this whole time? Is just like going out to coffee and then getting revenue? Like, or right. like getting the money. Throwing yeah. money around. <laughs> <laughs> but what he said to me, he's like, I see that you had a hard time getting even a seat at the table, but that makes you better, quicker, faster than all the people you're competing with because you had to work harder just to get there in the beginning. While that's not fair, when the, like you said, when the playing field is more even, run, run. don't walk. Yeah, yeah, it gives me goosebumps. And I love that you have the that kind of, like, yeah, let me sit with somebody who this is their world. And, yeah. you know, I mean, there's so many parallels. And, and this is what's interesting too with, with your yoga business is, I pull from, I pull from the business world. My original concept for the company was, was music, was the music industry. That was the framework I was thinking about, but like, you know, so many of the exercises, so many of the ways to go, every business is everywhere around you. And so all of those things are, are relevant to what's happening in your yoga business. Yeah. Right. And so to your point, like go right to the source, you know, go to talk to the banker. Come on. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and, yeah, there's so much out there. There's so much out there. And um, so part of what I think like this moment is, is like helping folks kind of recalibrate, catch their breath, grieve for what was, get re-inspired, make a plan, and yes. then run. And, and then, then run. Yeah. Yeah. And like that gets me really excited because now I do think you're so right. Like your book is timed so perfectly because we we have the space to run now. People have still, still even in 2023, people have said, oh my gosh, we are so devastated by COVID. I mean, in my plate, in my town alone, 60% of studios closed mm -hmm. during COVID, which is I think fairly standard. I think we saw between 40 and 60% of studios closing during that time. But in 2021, Yoga 6 added 91 franchise spaces. Wow. In 2021, like, you can't tell me that there's not opportunity there. Right. Right. Of course there is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really important dynamic, right? So there was an, a, a very, you know, real loss and shift and, you know, land, the landscape doesn't look the same anymore, right? I'm here in New York City. Same thing. 60% for sure, if not more. Right. I have folks who are in, in the in the space in Europe that they 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 didn't get hit as hard because they have more of a yeah. safety net, right? Socially yeah. it's, it's just the, yeah. that's the way their countries run. <laughs> um but but here for us in the States, right? It it was this like lots yeah. of holes, lots of pieces falling down. And so it's but to your point of those pieces are still like like someone said to me the other day, they go, Oh, do you think yoga's dead? And I was like, absolutely there was an bleep there was a there was more to that but i was like absolutely not absolutely not but yoga is different it's different yes. right now and it's going to reshape itself and continue to thrive like i have no doubt about that right and so someone like y6 is finding holes filling yeah. holes most likely filling holes right where some of that loss occurred and there's so much of that right and it's sort of this like bittersweet reality but it's business and in business that's quite normal 
Right. So on all of us, I'll say who are listening in your community, there are opportunities to seize, right? Sorry, I said it, right? There are opportunities to, oh, I'm going to say something else. (laughs) There are opportunities to capitalize on based on the loss, right? And, And we need to be okay with seeing an opportunity or a hole or filling a need and going for it. Yeah. Um, One thing I referenced before we hit record, but this seems like a really good point to bring up again, is that oftentimes we conflate this idea with income, generating income, finding opportunities, being creative with our business. We tend to conflate our fear of going forward in those opportunities with yoga philosophy. Mm -hmm. We hide behind the philosophical tenets of philosophy and say, oh, I shouldn't be trying to make money or I shouldn't be greedy in business. And I'm like, oh, I see you because I've been you. I've been that person, that judgy person who was like, oh my God, yoga is so spiritual. We can't make money on that. That was 100% my fear talking. It was not yoga philosophy talking. The frank truth is that good things happen when good people have more money. And so tell me like did you see how what do you say to people when they're in that moment of like oh but i just teach yoga i don't want money i'm not that person Mm -hmm. well if they can survive they can afford to not be that person then more power to them (laughs) you know what i mean like like, if if you don't have to hustle don't hustle like if you know so i think that it's such a and there and you know we talk in the book a lot about a hobby a hobby teacher versus a career teacher. So if you're a hobby teacher and you have an income coming from somewhere else or a spouse or, you know, savings, whatever that is, then great, you know, then be of service, right? Be of service. Um, But for the rest of us who are committed to being of service, we also live in the real world. And so it's really just, it's a practicality. It's, it's literal practicality. Yeah. Um, it's a literal practicality. And, you know, I understand philosophically where the rub comes from, you know, yeah. and, and, and yes, non-attachment and yes, the ego, you know, all of the things, which I do think that you can run your business ethically, right? I do think you can run your business ethically and still believe you don't have to change your beliefs, right? You can still be, you can still run a marketing plan yeah egolessly you can do yes. it right they yes. they are not mutually exclusive so for me it's really a practicality like people just have to ask themselves because you either can or you you can't you either need to make a living teaching yoga or you don't and if you do need to make a living teaching yoga unless you're gonna move to the himalayas right like if you could yeah. yeah. in new york city you're gonna have to pay your rent yep. <laughs> and you know, um, Sadie, actually one of my good long-term friends and clients, she's, she wrote the foreword for the book, but we, we were, um, I was featured in the New York times about, I don't know, 13 years ago or so. And she's got a quote in the article. That's like, my landlord doesn't take karma. No, you know, and it's silly. (laughs) That's such a Sadie thing to say. (laughs) Such a Sadie thing to say, right? But it was for real because she got shredded too. She was my first client. And so people were like, you know, two little devils. We were two little devils, you know, that yeah. teamed up to ruin the yoga industry. And um, 
you know, you know, so it's, it's a practicality for me that the yeah. being okay with making money is really just a practicality. Like if you're gonna, if you need to make a living, you're going to need to, to know how to run a business and it, and, or not. And I do think like to those who might be listening, who are hobby yoga teachers, I love you. I'm so glad you're here supporting us, but that has to be the relationship. We need you with us. We don't need you expecting us to be with you. Like what you're doing needs to be supporting the industry as a whole. Cause that like that rising tide lifts all ships kind of situation. We need your water to help us rise the tide. Like if you don't want to be a full-time professional yoga teacher, that's fine if you don't have to be, but I still need you making decisions that aren't like giving our services away because you can afford to please. And thank you. Right. And don't knock the hustle, right? Don't bring yeah. us down. Yeah. If, you, if you've got a different financial reality that allows you, you know, to not need to run a business yeah. and make business minded decisions to your point of, you know, potentially the price point of an offering or different things like that, you know, um, I think it's at least worth consideration, right, of what the impact might be. Um and and I don't I don't tell people what to do, you know, but I think it's it's the consideration of what the reality is like for other folks that are in this space. It can go such a long way. Um, so you and I met actually last year at a yoga conference and we I happened to get the opportunity to ask questions of the IYT and an organization at the time that existed Yoga Unify. I still can't believe Allison just let me go up there and she's like, you can say what you want. I was like, that's a bad idea, but okay. <laughs> and one of the people on that panel mentioned how she's had this very long storied career and I admire it. She's a great teacher, but she lived for decades on $25,000 a year. And when she said that, I felt the energy in the room just drop. Like I could feel it on my skin. And you, in this book, wrote a 10-year plan for somebody to make 150 k a year. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, good job. Thank you. Because that's, I mean, first of all, we know that average medium household income was 70 k in the mid-teens. And it's now, like, for an average household, we're coming closer to 100000 That's just middle class. Right. That is is an upper middle class income is 150K a year. Yep. That's, I think we provide enough value to be asking that from. I think it's asking it first of ourselves, right? Believing that it's possible, you know, and, and it's a number that's very real. I know tons of teachers that are making six figure incomes. Yeah. Lots of them, lots of them. And it's sustainable. They are buying homes. Yep. They're going on vacations. They're sending their kids to college, right? These things that are so normal that most of us, that prior, that a prior generation was, were, were negotiable, right? And so what I'm really encouraging folks to, to, to believe is that not only can you make a living, right? Kind of getting by, yeah, which is where some folks are right now but you can really be thriving and that it's okay to set your number high and to, to build it and to, to build it. I mean, one of, one of my best examples um, is Nicole Pacer. 
and she's in the book, um, I think in the, in the section on your private based business and Cole is rocking it. She has one product. I, Six I figures off of one product. If you are a yoga therapist <laughs> listening <laughs> out there, like it that is you. It's that is you. Like if you are a yoga therapist, one product, you are selling very likely one-on-one -on -one services. That is what we do as yoga therapists. I will tell you right now, that is why my studio is open in 2023, is my one product in 2020 and 2021. Right. Now, what I chose to do with that income was to keep 10 people employed during that time. So that, but that was my choice. And part of that is the game that I am playing to see if I can build a yoga studio from a different model than what has typically been done, right? But you can, like, I live in the Midwest. And still, when you think of, like, I just took a survey from the IYT about how much you charge for an independent session for yoga therapy, mm -hmm. and I was still in the top two tiers. And I live where, like, houses for $200,000 are really nice. Yeah. <laughs> they really, really nice. I'm still, like, whatever massage therapist charge charges, I double it. Brilliant. I'm so proud of you. And forgive me for saying that, but I just, like, because everything I'm hearing, like, the more, you know... It's like, because you, because why not for one thing, right? Pricing yes. is like such a huge thing. And most people price based on what they see other people price, yes. which makes very little sense, right? Your business, yes. your expenses, and your financial goals are different than the people around you. So yes. your pricing should be based off of what you need to make your business run and to get yourself to the to the bottom line that looks that's looking right for you right what you're yeah. trying to sustain but how great that you just that you took a price i mean and it's working you guys it, it is it does it works and i i hear in Bravo. my head all those people saying oh but yoga's already so expensive what about the folks who can't afford our services I'm going to, again, refer you to the 10 bazillion things that I've written about it, including one in Yoga Therapy Today, about how you can build Seva, you can build service directly into your business bottle. Ava, I'm sure you know a thousand people who have done that. It does not mean that you charge $40 for a private or $40 for a yoga therapy session. Right. Like, that's not how you have to do it. You don't have to build sliding scale where the lowest tier is what everybody charges and you can barely make do. Right. That's so problematic on a thousand levels. Yes. And I think we forget to take care of ourselves first. Yes. You know, and, yeah. and yes, selfless service. Yes. Right. I am all for Seva and I will get my hands dirty and I will be washing dishes and volunteering and sweeping the studio right along with it. Like, like, let's go. But you have to take care of yourself first. Yes. So many of us start overly with over giving you know with over giving and i think that you know that that that's like an achilles heel because to your point that you said earlier imagine what happens when people with good intentions have more resources right so if you'll let yourself build something sustainable what you'll be able to give at that point is going to be exponentially more 
impactful than if you struggle, if you, if you're struggling. Right. And I know, I know, right. I can hear my granny in my head right now, <laughs> right. Get making her donation at church, right. That it means more when you make, when you give more of lip of less. Yes. Right. So that, that's like a, that's like a thing that we, that kind of is like, yep. But I really, it, it, in the real world, you have to help yourself. Then if you help yourself, you will be able to help others. And that was a, that was a hard lesson for me because I was a giver. I was a yeah. giver, you know, I was a giver with the business. Um, you know, this is super interesting, like for me now transitioning, you know, kind of from being the agency person and representing and managing other folks to now being the talent, if I may. <laughs> yes, you are. Right. And so now I'm going, oh, I'm taking care of me right now. Yeah, I'm going. So now, now that's my work, right? You guys. And this is part of the evolution and the lifespan of a business. But now I'm going to take all of my good stuff and I'm going to leverage it on my own behalf. Yeah. Ooh. Right. So <laughs> that just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> like, I love that for you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Cause it's a big, I mean, I gave my life to my clients for 15 years. I truly I mean, it was hyster hysterical. You know, it was like you, you work wife and your work husband and all of that. But, yeah. you know, when you manage someone's business, you're, you're literally like their spouse, you know, and it's, and it's all about their dreams and their success. And I take joy in watching people succeed. So I'm not crying a river here. I, I love what I've done and what I've built and the experience that I've gained. And now I've evolved and it's just time for me to, to be doing my thing, you know, so, so tell me what you do for Kripalu now. Yes. So I've been at Kripalu for, I want to say about a year and a half now. And essentially there's a new role, um, you know, kind of coming out of COVID, Kripalu's mission expanded. So it was always about um, transformation, you know, personal and societal transformation. And coming out of the pandemic, um, the leadership really wanted to make Kripalu a place that was radically accessible. And so, yeah, right. Because so, before, you know, Kripalu was, um, you know, it's not, it's not the cheapest place to to go. You know, it's kind of remote, um, and you know, it had just kind of become this sort of white affluent place for healing and transformation. And so, leadership really said, "That's not good enough anymore." Right? Like we talked about the playing field being different now than it was before COVID. It's the same, yeah. the same kind of ripple effect of what happened in our country. Um, this is a place that belongs to everybody. So what do we need to do from an equity lens? <clears throat> what do we need to do from a regenerative community lens to really make a space where BIPOC, LGBTQ, needs-based individuals, first responders, activists, artists, how do we get those folks in the building how do we yeah. get these folks online and how do we create an environment where it's welcome, truly welcome? So yeah. that's what I do. So I work in what's called regenerative community. Um, so I'm doing a lot of uh, event uh, sort of programming and, and creating um, literally like building community, right? So if you go back to that story, I was telling you about the yoga journal 15 years ago, right? Yes. Where like I got like this hard no, okay, <laughs> about... Oh essentially inclusion, right? Why can't there be a woman of color on the cover? To now being in a place where 
the largest yoga retreat center, you know, in the country, that this is the mission. So I feel really blessed. Um, I needed a job. Let's keep it 100. You know, yeah. like I said, COVID, COVID destroyed, like we lost two, <laughs> can't even, still can barely talk about it, but it was very, we lost a lot of money. We lost a lot of money. And um, I needed to get a job after being an entrepreneur for 15 years. So I feel very grateful that I landed in a place one that has a mission that's always been my mission. Yama's tagline has been, we're a catalyst for better living, bringing the tools of wellness to communities of all kinds. That's been my tagline since 2010. And now I'm doing that in a place where I'm resourced. And that's amazing, right? And that for me was also, that was also me saying yes to me, to myself. Yeah. Saying, okay, you you gave it everything that you had you probably gave it too much, right? You could not outthink the pandemic. No. <laughs> I was talking to Leslie Kamenoff a couple of weeks ago and he was like, Ava, you would have had to be, I, I go, I was like, I had plan A, plan C, plan B, plan D. And he was like, you would have needed plan Z yes. to, to, to get, to not have what happened happen, right? But this is what we do as entrepreneurs, right? Go, oh, I'm yeah. going to beat myself up. Yes. I, couldn't, I couldn't make it, right? that this element, this one piece of the business couldn't survive. So we've honored it. That part is, is, is wrapped up. I got a job <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to decide what pieces of that we're going to, we're going to pick up, which most likely will be in the, in the education space. I think you're yeah. right, Rebecca, like I'm really going to lean into the teacher trainings and, um, you know, I want to bring the tools to as many teachers as possible, um, to help everybody re reimagine and get back on their feet. But that's what I do at Kripalu. It's an amazing time there right now. We're, we're, we're just like fully in it. Um, and it's exciting, you know, and it's allowing me to bring all my contacts, all my people, all my experience, you know, and that's also why I feel really blessed. Like I had to get a job. So I could have ended up, um, somewhere maybe where I couldn't truly like fold in all of my life's work up until now. Yeah. Um, so I'm very grateful for that too. So I also just got chills a little bit because one of the things that I know when I opened my studio in 2019, six months before the pandemic, I opened my studio and my goal was to be radically inclusive and accessible as well. It's to me part of this new sort of shift that I wanted to see happen. And one of the things I'm going to say thank you COVID for is that it has now created a platform to make that so much easier for those of us who are in that mindset. Yeah. I don't have to justify selling wellness and self-care over fitness anymore. Like nobody questions that. It used to be we were a fitness industry until March 2020. We are no longer an exclusively fitness industry. Thank you, COVID. There are blessings. Mm -hmm. That's right. But I love that Kripalu is shifting there, too. And one of the things that I learned is that you sort of build this, like, small start. And then all of a sudden, one day you look around, two, three, four years later, and you're like, oh, it's here. Oh, every organizer in my town is a member of my studio. Oh, like, every healthcare worker from every possible healthcare area here is a member of my studio. And it just came. And for so long, I was like, oh, I really did just build this thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for you to build that for Kripalu because you're right. They are our landmark organization within the industry. They are where you go to retreat. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And that's going to be so cool. Like, <laughs> like, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's and it's already happening. Of course, you know, we, we want it faster, you know, yeah everything we wish it was five years ago and it's, it's happening. You know, I, as I said earlier, I went the first time in 2009 when I had the idea to start Yama and I was the only person that looked like me in this space. And now there's women in leadership that are people of color. We've got, we just did a global majority yoga teacher training for the first time led by and for BIPOC. I mean, just like, you know, we have this insane scholarship goal you know, to, to be delivering uh, 5,000 scholarships next year, you know, where folks can come for free, y'all, okay, to campus for different programs or just to rest, yeah. just to rest, right? Just to rest. Um, so yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it is, it's just, you know, it's time. It's time, it you know, it's really, really time. And like you said, let's run. Let's run. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already like ask you a question. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm ready. So I know you've been feeling through the book. So I would like to know, cause you're, you're a savvy seasoned business owner. So I would love a couple of like your highlights of things where you were like, okay, like okay. some ahas for you or just like where you really found some tools. So one of the things that I already referenced, because I love a spreadsheet, and like I can't emphasize enough like the downloadable spreadsheets, because I think a lot of times people want to be better at like the nitty gritty nuts and bolts of the business and have no clue where to start. Like you can look at a blank Excel spreadsheet or Google, like Google Sheet all day long, and if you have no idea what's supposed to be on there, that's not helpful, right? Like you're just going, well, how much money is in my bank account? You're, it's like that plus feelings right? <laughs> is how people sort of like judge what their business is. And I know studio owners that that is how they're judging their studio is like, can I pay my bills this week? Plus feelings is how my studio is doing for the week. And I'm like, oh, but your feelings are liars. And I love that you had this in your book, all of the spreadsheets. And the other part that I thought was so smart and so savvy, the entire chapter on online virtual offerings, which I think I also talked about, but I'll be honest with you, even people, except somebody who, like Sadie, who operates entirely online, or like talking to Brett Larkin or folks like that, who are all totally online, if you're not talking to those people, online sounds like something you do only if you have to. Mm-hmm. instead of it being like a very viable income stream mm-hmm. for your business. Mm-hmm. And we all know how to use Zoom now. Like mm-hmm. we all knew March 16th, 2020, how to get in a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. Like I was so impressed that, that that holds weight in this book with one-on-ones and trainings and workshops. Like it used to be, I felt when I was an independent contractor yoga teacher in my area and I was teaching 18 classes a week, I felt like the only way I could make it, quote unquote, make it was if I ran a teacher training program. Mm -hmm. That was like the pinnacle. Right. And you haven't built something that's just like get enough experience to train. You've built like an ecosystem. Right. And that is how I think we make our money. Mm Mm-hmm in a practical and sustainable way. Like 
and and so that to me is like I'm like this is such impressive advice right like so many people niche down to be like I am the person who trains or I am the person who only does workshops or I'm the person who will teach you how to do one-on-ones and then yoga teachers are out there taking all these like $500 trainings like Mm-hmm. Here for a weekend for five hundred dollars, I'll teach you how to make a business with one-on-ones, and then you go, okay, great, and then you're gonna do another one for you know how I'm gonna make a business with workshops. Mm-hmm. It's all here, mm-hmm. Ava. <laughs> like it's it's all here. Well, we can, yeah, yeah. We you know that you're talking about the goods and services, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is it's so true because you if you don't understand what's possible, right? Yes and give yourself a chance, then you are going to be quite narrow. Now, Nicole, like the example that I gave of the six-figure income with one service product, that did not, she did not skip understanding what was possible. That was a decision. Yeah. That was a, that was a data-informed decision, right? Not just saying, oh, well, not tunnel vision, right? That was her choosing after researching and understanding what was possible and trying things and finding out what she liked and didn't like. And her saying, this is how I want to spend my time. This is how I'm going to build my business. And most of us just kind of start off doing things, right? Without taking the time to think about what's possible, to think about what you really want, and then to choose. Because I, you know, I'm a big fan of not doing all of it. Make your choices wisely, right? Because it's your actual time and energy. Yeah. Um, but then really choosing where you want to invest, right? Where you want, where and how you want to build. So yeah, it, all the building blocks are there, you know, ways to to get to know them, ways to improve them. Um, I can't remember how exactly I break it down, but I think it's, I think it's, it's start, maintain and, um, and maximize, right? In each of the goods and services. So if you're already doing privates, how to maintain and how to take it to the next level, right? And we go through that with each of the service models. So if you're if you if you're not doing them yet, it te- you know teaches you how to start, and if you're already doing them, it teaches you how to make sure you can maintain. And then if you're really committed to that service model, it teaches you how to how to expand. And, and you it. don't skip on the marketing either. Like again, marketing is oftentimes like people are like it's a social media account and vibes like. <laughs> I'm sorry for like anybody who loves like the vibes out there, but if you think like. People come into my studio all the time and they'll say this one phrase to me. This happens probably twice a month. Somebody will come in and say, oh, I just felt called to your business. Like I saw you online a couple times and somebody else said something about your business. And then I drove past your studio and I just felt called to be in this space. It was like the universe was telling me to be here. And my ears were like, thank you, marketing, because my marketing made you feel like the universe was calling you. That's right. And you're counting, you're counting touch points. You're like one, yeah. two, three, yeah. right? Because usually yeah. it's seven. Yep. Right? To get somebody to get out of their car and walk in, right? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, and then I was gonna also say, you know, with the downloadable spreadsheets, like those were these are real tools that we actually run the business with and that we ran, you know, 50 clients businesses with. So everything's been road tested and it's, it's, you know, which was such a, it was a gift for me to get it all distilled this way, you know, and to really be able to share it. But like, these are the things, you know, we're running, 
you know, a 50 person retreat in a foreign country, like this is the tool we're using to understand it and to be able to get the pricing right and to be able to make it a success, you know, so they're not just spreadsheets. I did, they're not just spreadsheets um, um, that I made up in the sense of like, yeah, we don't know that we don't know that they work like they work. <laughs> they're real. They're real business tools. So. Yeah, there is this phrase I think we all know in business of this under promise over deliver kind of mentality. That's what we're all going for is that we're going to kind of tell you what we're doing. But then when you get it, you're like, holy smokes, you've really gone above and beyond. Right. That's something I have taken into my business. And like this book, I was like, damn, like, <laughs> like really uh, the retreat thing alone, when you're talking about a retreat spreadsheet. The amount of times we're so intimidated to run a retreat or run something where you're taking people abroad or even just, you know, maybe you're going to go somewhere where the fall leaves look pretty. Mm -hmm. And then I see so many teachers invest that 100, 200, 500 dollars in a two hour, you know, mastermind class on how to do that. And you don't even come out with a spreadsheet out of that. Mm -hmm. I was just like, this is all of that here in like just a chapter. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is. And it's funny too, because, you know, the writing process, you know, when it, when it got um, put the, like designed, right. And you sort of take the pages and like put them down, you know, it can, it can be, a huge topic. Like I'm looking at the, at the, at this retreat thing because it's such a huge issue yes. in our space, right? Everyone makes this mistake. I don't know any yoga business owner that didn't, that, that has not made a huge financial mistake running an event because they didn't have this, a, a tool like this, right? Everyone. Yeah. I know you did. I don't even need to, ask. I'm sure of it. I have. So, you know, and then somehow we get it into like, three pages, but it's, yep. it's enormous. So thank you for, for paying such attention to it and bringing these things out um, and sharing and sharing the good news, you know, and sharing the good work because it is, it's really, it's just useful. You guys, I mean, this is what I say, like, you don't have to learn everything the hard way, right? Like that's, I've already made the mistakes. Like the clients have made the mistakes. We've learned things the hard way and I'm trying to help. <laughs> You not have to learn something <laughs> the hard way because that's entrepreneurship, right? Yes. That's entrepreneurship, but help, you know, help yourself out, help yourself out. Tell everybody where to find you and your book. Yes. Thank you. So um, your yoga business is um, at humankinetics.com. That's the publisher um, or on Amazon. If you grab a copy and you want to leave a review, please feel free. Rebecca's going to say something very sassy I am. on, on, on Amazon. Um, so you can grab a copy there and I am Ava and Taylor on Instagram or yamatalent.com online and also at yamatalent. And, um, there's some fun stuff coming. I'm going to be doing some sort of, you know, sort of practice your business monthly coaching and just really, you know, kind of, making sure that folks really know how to use the book properly and can see what's there and kind of teaching from it. Um, so yeah, please keep in touch. I'm here, Rebecca. I just like, I love you so much. <laughs> I know we're, we're, I am so like, I just want to put my forehead on your forehead right now. Yes. Um, 
hats off to you for how you run your business and how you support the community with these tools and with having these real conversations. It, it really matters. Um, Thank you. I'm excited for us. I'm hopeful. I am very, very hopeful at what's coming. Um, I'm very glad to be closing my, you know, COVID chapter to a certain extent. And um, now that she's here, like it was a big thing to just kind of get her birth her. So now that she's here, I'm really excited to set my own goalpost. And um, so I will see you out there. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ava, for joining me. I loved our conversation so much. Here are our key takeaways. First, our brain tells us garbage about our businesses sometimes. Running numbers and making spreadsheets or downloading them from an online resource is a great way to manage your emotions and understand how to achieve your goals as a professional. Next, no one skips the groundwork for being a yoga professional. There's truly some wisdom in understanding that having a room of only a few people, having a workshop or retreat that doesn't go forward, and putting lots of work into a very small outcome is really normal. Nobody skips the stage. Next, now is the time to build the business of your dreams. If you have a plan in place, then run. Don't walk toward your goals. There is a lot of opportunity for us within the industry right now. The landscape of yoga has changed so dramatically from COVID, and it is important that we acknowledge and grieve, but also plan. If not us, there is no doubt that chains will move to take up the slack that we are not taking. So in your community, there are opportunities to capitalize based on the loss the yoga industry has experienced from COVID. And if not you, then who? Can you identify some of those opportunities? Can you create collaborations and build something new in your area? These are conversations worth having, especially now at the end of 2023, as we plan for the new year. Next. Radical wealth redistribution. That is the name of my game and the game of many of us who are looking to take the money from the few and redistribute it to the many. As I have said a thousand times on this podcast, nothing bad happens when good people have more money. And we have an industry chock full of good people. And if you don't believe me, you need to go looking for good people who are doing good with their money right now. I promise you it is just a short internet search away. Next, conflating your fear of growth and change with yoga philosophy is a huge challenge that we have as an industry, and I used to do this too. Your fear of failure, your fear of success, of trying something that might not work out, that can be hidden by yoga philosophy. So be careful to make sure that you know your own core values as a person, you know your values as a yoga practitioner, as a human being, and then identify when fear is getting in your way versus when something doesn't line up with your values. They will feel different. Honestly, this is, I think, one of the best things that you can do for your heart, for your nervous system, and your bottom line. Next, if you don't need to hustle, don't hustle unless you want to. But please don't knock those of us who do need to hustle to make a living at this job. We need your help to lift us all up. And finally, please, please, please don't price based on what other people price. You need to gauge your own expenses and financial goals and then price based on that, not what other people charge. 
Thank you so much for listening, my friends. Next week, I have the absolute pleasure to talk to my new friend, Val, who is the founder of the Original Hot Yoga Association. A lot of us think we can't build organizations within this industry because the Yoga Alliance holds all the power. Well, I'm here to say no. Val did just that. And she is going to share her story with you. I know you're going to love it. I am so grateful you are here. Thank you for listening, my friends. And I will see you on our next break time gathered around the water cooler.